0: Amen. All right. well we're there in Ephesians chapter number 6 and tonight we are going to uh, go through a very famous passage in Ephesians 6 dealing with spiritual warfare and with the armor of God. I thought that tonight would be the last sermon in Ephesians and it's not going to be. We'll have at least one more and I think only one more uh, after this uh, because this armor of God, uh, there's so much here to really uh, talk about and to teach through. And I, I, I thought if we tried to finish the entire chapter, we wouldn't do it uh, justice. You're there in Ephesians 6. If you remember last week, we ended in verse 9. We'll start right here in verse number 10, where the Apostle Paul says this. He says, finally, my brethren, and he, and he is beginning to wind down this letter and to end it. He says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. He says, put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And then in verse 12, he says this, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And the Apostle Paul in this passage is uh, teaching us about spiritual warfare and explaining to us that we are engaged in spiritual warfare. Whether you understand it or not, whether you realize it or not, when you got saved, you were also drafted into the army of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Apostle Paul here is, is going to tell us uh, that look, you're, you're in this fight whether you like it or not, whether you understand it or not, whether you want to be in it or not, you are in the midst of a war. And he is going to explain to us how to survive this war, how to come out victorious in this war. Now, I want you to notice that there are two uh, kind of things that he talks about, uh, two subjects referring to this war, and, and you can cut this uh, passage into two different parts. The first one deals with the adversary in spiritual warfare, the adversary. And I want you to notice there in verse 11, he says this, Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles." Uh, And we're going to come back to that verse later, but I want you to notice he says, the wiles of the devil. When we're talking about spiritual warfare... We are talking about the fact that we are at war with the devil. He says, you want to put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. He said, you are fighting the devil. He says, this is not a physical fight. He says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. We're not fighting other human beings. We're not fighting other people. And look, honestly, you know, obviously there is a time to uh, defend yourself and defend your family and even defend your nation and I believe that there's a place for war. The Bible talks about a time for war. And I think defensive wars where you are protecting your land are are appropriate. But as Christians, our main priority should not be uh, going off into a battlefield to fight a physical fight. Our priority should be the spiritual warfare that we are engaged in. He says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. He said, but we are wrestling. We are in combat against. It's just not against human beings, he says, we are wrestling, he says, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Now keep your place there in Ephesians chapter 6, that is our text for tonight, but go with me if you would to uh, the book of John, John chapter number 10. I want you to understand that we are at war with the devil, I mean, we are, the, the, you have an adversary, his name is Satan. The Bible says in 1 Peter 5, 8, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walketh about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. The devil, you might think, oh, the devil's no big deal, you know, the devil's my friend. He's not your friend. If you're, if he might act like he's your friend, but if you're saved, you are an enemy, you are an adversary to the devil, and he has one goal for your life. The devil has a will for your life, and it is this, that he may devour you, that he might destroy you that he might uh, cut you into pieces. Are you there in John chapter 10? Uh, Look at verse number 10. John chapter 10, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. John chapter 10. And I'd like you to look at verse 10. I want you to notice what Jesus said about the devil. He said, the thief, and this is a reference to spiritual warfare and the devil. He says, the thief cometh not, he says, but to steal and to kill and to destroy He says the the thief only has one purpose. The enemy only has one purpose. He's only coming for one reason. He wants to steal, he wants to kill, and he wants to destroy. Listen, as a Christian, you need to get this in your head. The devil has one thing that he wants to do to your marriage he wants to steal, kill, and destroy. There's only one thing he wants to do in regards to your child rearing kill steal destroy there's only one thing he's not trying to help you he's not trying to make you uh, you know give you an opportunity to have a good time or give you opportunity he when when the devil comes alongside you when he's by you he's there for one reason to steal to kill to destroy the Bible says that he is as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour when you are a zebra or an antelope or a or or whatever you want to call you know, uh, out in Africa, and a lion comes alongside, he's only there for one reason. Do you understand that? To steal, to kill, and to destroy. To devour your life. We are engaged, whether you like it or not, whether you want to admit it or not, whether you want to think about it or not, we are engaged in a spiritual warfare. And the Apostle Paul says, look, you have an adversary. He says, Put on the whole armor of God. He's urging and saying, I need you to put on this armor because, he says, that you might stand against the wiles of the devil. He says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. He says, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness and high places. He says, look, you've got to put this armor on. Because whether you know it or not, whether you like it or not, whether you want to think about it or not, whether you want to admit it or not, you're in a fight. You're in a spiritual battle. Now do me a favor, keep your place right there in John. We're going to come back to it. Go back to the book of Ephesians. I want you to notice that Paul begins by talking about the the adversary, the devil. And we're going to talk about him all night long. But I want you to notice he then begins to explain this idea of armor. He says in verse 11, put on the whole armor of God. He says, God has armor he wants you to put on as you engage in this battle. He says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Look at verse 13. Wherefore? Now, verse 13 comes after the context of verse 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Then he says, wherefore? The word wherefore means for that reason, he says, take unto you the whole armor of God that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. He says, you need to put on the whole armor of God. He says, you need to suit up and get ready for battle because the enemy is coming whether you like it or not. Now keep your place there in Ephesians. Go with me just real quickly to the book of Second Corinthians chapter number 10. If you go backwards, you're going to go past the book of Galatians into the book of 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, look at verse 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 3, the Bible says this. For though we walk in the flesh. This was a passage that uh, Brother Matt Morello preached on Sunday night about the uh, pulling down stronghold. He says, for though we walk in the flesh. Notice, he says, we do not war after the flesh. It's not a physical fight. It's a spiritual fight. He says, For though we walk in the flesh, though we walk in a physical body, we do not war after the flesh. Then notice verse 4. He says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. He says, We have weapons available to us to engage in the spiritual warfare. But these weapons are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of stronghold. And I'm not going to uh, re-preach the sermon uh, that Brother Matt did on Sunday night, but the truth is this, th- there are some strongholds that need to be pulled down. There are some spiritually fortified areas that have been taken over by the devil, and we need to engage in spiritual battle in spiritual warfare. How do we do that? Well, we've got some weapons that are not carnal. We have some spiritual armor, some spiritual weapons, and the Apostle Paul is going to break these things down for us. Go back to Ephesians chapter 6. Look at verse number 14. Now, let me go, I'm just gonna walk through these, this armor for you. I'd encourage you to take notes as we do it. Uh, the first thing I want you to notice, he talks about having your loins girt about with truth. Ephesians 6, 14. He says, stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth. Stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth. Now, what is this referring to? Now, he's going to take an actual you know, armor, and, and and he's writing in the first century, and he's in the Roman Empire. He's probably, he spent a lot of time with Roman soldiers, and he's actually looking at a Roman soldier uh, in, in his mind's eye, or physically looking at one, and he's looking at the different things that the soldier has on him, and then he's going to equate these things spiritually. The first thing that the Apostle Paul says that needs to be done is that your loins need to be girt about with truth. And the idea here is that you need to put a belt on. He says, look, a soldier puts on a belt, he has his loins girt about, and he says, but your belt is a belt of truth and the idea that the Apostle Paul is teaching us here, he's saying, if you're going to engage in spiritual warfare if you're going to engage the devil in a spiritual fight, you're going to have to surround just like a belt you would put around you you're going to have to surround yourself, you're going to have to girt yourself about with truth, now why is that? The reason for that is because the devil will attack us by lying and deceiving us. Uh, go, go to First Timothy. You're, you're there in Ephesians. I'd like you to keep your place in John, and I'd like you to find First Timothy and keep your place in First Timothy. We're going to go back and forth between these three uh, passages for a little bit. First Timothy, if you find the T books, they're all clustered together. First Second Thessalonians, first second Timothy, Titus. First Timothy chapter two. When you study the devil in the Bible, one of these days we'll do an, an entire study. on. We have to do a whole series on the devil. There's so much to cover. But one of the things that you'll find about the devil is that he is highly connected. He's associated with the idea of lying and deceiving. 1 Timothy chapter 2, look at verse 13. For Adam was first formed, then Eve. This is, of course, Adam and Eve. The first time we meet the devil, the serpent is in the story of Adam and Eve. Notice what he says. For Adam was first formed than Eve, and Adam was not deceived. Notice, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression. The word transgression is referring to sin. The woman, Eve, sinned. Why? Because she was deceived by the devil. Because the devil lied to her. And we're going to go to that passage later on in the sermon. He lied to her. He tricked her. He deceived her. And and, and that's how he attacked her. In fact, go back to Ephesians real quickly if you would. Keep your place there in 1 Timothy. Go back to Ephesians 6. Notice verse 11 again. Put on the whole armor of God. That ye may be able to stand against... Notice the what? The wiles. The word wiles there is referring to, the word wile means when when somebody tricks you, deceives you, or fools you. Look, I'm here to tell you, you say, in this spiritual fight, I'm in this fight with the devil. What's the attack going to look like? Here's what the attack's going to look like. He's going to try to deceive you. He's going to try to lie to you. He's going to try to trick you. He's going to try to fool you into doing something that's going to hurt you. You say, how do I fight against that? You girt yourself about with truth. You surround yourself with truth. Go to the book of John. John chapter number 8, if you would. You're you're keeping your place there in 1 Timothy 2. Go to John chapter 8. And of course, Ephesians 6 is our text. John chapter 8. Notice what Jesus said about Satan. John chapter 8, verse 44. Ye are of your father, the devil. And the lust of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning. Notice, notice what he says. and abode not in the truth. Because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. Look, the Bible is clear that Satan is a liar. He's a liar from the beginning. In him there abode no truth. He, when he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own. He says he's going to deceive you. He says you need to stand against the wiles of the devil. And then for this reason, Paul says, Look, if you're going to fight the devil... Because that's what we're fighting in spiritual warfare. It's the devil and his angels, the devils and the demons. If you're going to fight them, you're going to have to be good about or surround yourself with truth. Now, what's truth? You're there in John 8. Go to John 14. John chapter 14. John chapter 14, and look at verse 6. John 14 and verse 6. The Bible says this. Jesus saith unto him. Here's one of the great I am statements from Christ. He said, I am the way. Then notice this, he says, the truth and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Jesus said, hey, I am the way, but he says, I am the truth. Jesus is the truth. So, he, he, the devil is going to attack you with lies, with deceit, with, with wiles, and then we have to surround ourselves with truth. Well, you say, well, what's truth? Well, Jesus is truth. You say, well, you know, so I surround myself with Jesus. Well, yeah, spiritually speaking, we surround ourselves with you. You like, well, how, how, what does that look like practically? Here's what it looks like practically. Go to John 17 and look at verse 17. John 17 and verse 17. John 17, 17 Says this, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. See, the devil is going to come to you and he's going to tempt you and he's going to deceive you or attempt to deceive you. He's going to put a while out for you. He's going to try to, well, look, the Bible says that we are not ignorant of his devices. He's going to try to trick you into doing something you shouldn't do. Like he went to Eve and he's going to say, is that what God really said? Is that the truth? He's going to try to trick you. You say, well, how do I keep from getting tricked? How do I keep from becoming a casualty? How do I keep from becoming a prisoner of war in this battle, right? I mean, we're in a fight. I mean, have you ever wondered why it's like, man, it seems like that guy was just in the fight. That one pastor was just in the fight, just fight, and then all of a sudden he's just out. What happened? Well, what happened was he didn't put his armor on. What happened is that the roaring lion came and devoured him. What happened is that, look, there are casualties in these fights. There are POWs in this war. There are those who do not come out victorious. You say, well, how do I fight the devil? Well, you got to surround yourself with this right here, the word of God. Sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is truth. See, when the devil comes and lies to you, you've got to open up the Bible and say, no, 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 I know what the Bible says. I know what the word of God says. The Bible doesn't say that. Look, and we have to bring ourselves back, and we have to recalibrate ourselves and say, no, I know what the Bible says. The Bible doesn't say that I should do this, that I should do that. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. The Bible says that a whore is a deep ditch. The Bible says that, that, that alcohol will destroy your life. The Bible says that, that, that there are certain things that the devil might lie to us and say, oh no, it's no big deal. You go ahead and follow that. See where it takes you. The roaring lion will take you. Say, well, how do I fight? How do I make sure I don't get deceived? You girt yourself about with truth. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. So he says, you've got to have your loins grit about with truth. But I want you to notice the second thing. The second part of this armor. Go back to Ephesians 6. Keep your place there in John. Keep your place in 2 Timothy. Ephesians six fourteen. He says, stand therefore, having your loins gird about with truth. Then he says this, and having on the breastplate of righteousness. This is like the body armor with the, the, the piece of metal that they would put on their uh chest in order to protect them he says you need to put he says you not you don't only need a belt that you surround yourself with that you girt yourself with truth you also need to put on the breastplate of righteousness well what does that mean well notice how the word righteous there how the first part of the word is right the word righteousness means to do right Now, to an extent, there is none that doeth good, right? There is none righteous, no, not one. Only Jesus is righteous, only God is righteous, but God wants us to try to live a life Of righteousness. See, Paul says, look, if you're going to fight the devil, if you're going to fight the devil, you're going to have to have, you're going to have to know, you're going to have to surround yourself with truth because he's going to try to deceive you, he's going to try to lie to you, He's going to try to fool you and trick you, and you've got to know the truth. He's a liar, and you've got to know the truth. But then Paul says this, you also need the breastplate of righteousness. What does that mean? Look, that means this, you've got to live, if you're going to fight the devil, you're going to have to live a light Live a life that's right. You say, well, well, what do you mean? Well, go, go to Matthew chapter number four, if you would. Matthew chapter four. Because see, the devil doesn't only lie to you. He doesn't only deceive you. He does lie to you. And he does deceive you. But he does it so that he can tempt you. The devil's attack. You say, Well, I, I, look, I'm telling you, I'm laying out for you the spiritual warfare strategy of the devil. What is it? He's going to deceive you, he's going to attempt to deceive you, and then he's going to attempt to tempt you. Matthew 4, we're going to go to a lot of places. I'm not going to take the time. I'll show you one. Matthew 4, verse 1. Then was Jesus led up the Spirit into the wilderness to be, notice the word, tempted of the devil. He he was going to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward and hungered. Look at verse 3. And when, notice the words, the tempter came. Notice, he he was going to be tempted of the devil. Then in verse 3, the devil is just called the tempter. Why? Because that's what he does. He tempts. What did he do with Eve in the garden? He was tempting her. To disobey God, eat of this tree that God has forbidden. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. Look, please understand this. Uh, Keep your place, uh, 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 excuse me, go to 2 Timothy. If you kept your place there on 1 Timothy, just go to 2 Timothy after that, chapter 3. And and, and here's what I want you to understand. You say, The blessed spirit of righteousness, what is that? The devil is going to try to trick you into sinning, tempt you into sinning, get you to sin. You say, how do I fight against that? You choose to live a life of righteousness. You put on a breastplate of righteousness. You say, I can't do that. That's not right. You say, well, how do I know what's right? Well, you go, go back to point number one. Put on the, gird on the, uh, the uh, get your loins, good about with truth. Figure out what truth is. Sanctify them through thy truth. What does it mean to be sanctified? It means to be holy, to be set aside. What does that mean? To live a righteous life. He says you could yourself about with truth and then you live a life of righteousness. You put on a breastplate of righteousness. You say, why? Because the tempter wants to destroy you. The tempter wants to kill you. Remember the thief? He came to do what? To steal, to kill, and to destroy. And look, please understand this about the deceiving aspect of sin. You know, the Bible says that lust... When it hath conceived, bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. You know, one of the things that the devil does when he beguiles us into sinning is that he makes us feel like it's not that big of a deal. Right? The thief came to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I remember somebody one time used the analogy of a a matador. Right? You have a matador... It holds the, the, the red cape for the bull, right? You know, Spanish, the, the word matador is a Spanish word. Matador means the killer. That guy is the killer. Often, you know, the devil is very much like a matador. He holds up that red carpet of temptation, right? That red cape of temptation. Puts it right in front of the bull, and the bull gets all excited and wants that. Wants that, right? That's what the devil does. Look, that's what the devil does. He's going to put up that red cape of drugs, that red cape of alcohol, that red cape of fornication, that red cape of stealing, that red, whatever it is your sin that he's tempting you to, to the, of the line. He's going to put that red cape up. You know what those matadors, when they, they entice that bull to attack, you know that they don't, they don't just attack the bull. They let that bull kind of hit that cape and just kind of go over it. They do it again. You know what the bull thinks? The bull thinks, that was fun. Well, nothing happened. Let's do it again. So the bull backs up and revs up, puts his horns down and runs in towards that cape and the matador just lets him have fun with it. Two, three, four times. You know, by the time the bull gets real comfortable and real happy running through that temptation, you know, there comes a time when a sword comes out on that bull. You know, devil, he'll let you. You ever, you ever read the story of Samson? Yeah, Samson, go ahead and lay your head down on the Delightless slab. No big deal. That was fun, wasn't it? Let's do it again. That was fun, wasn't it? Let's do it again. That was fun, wasn't it? Let's do it again. And by the time you're not paying attention, here comes the sword. Here comes the spear. Look, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just telling you, if you're a bull and there's a matador in the arena with you, he's not having fun with you. He's not playing with you. He's there to steal, to kill, and to destroy And you can sit there, teenager, and think, oh, fornication. Well, I fornicated, nothing happened. Okay, yeah, maybe the first time, maybe the second time, maybe the third time. You know what that's called? It's called being deceived. He's lulling you into sin. And one day, the sword's going to come out. One day, the spear's going to come out. One day, he's going to trick you, and deceive you, and tempt you into sin. You say, well, I drank before, nothing happened, I can do it again. I smoked before, nothing happened, I can do it again. I committed adultery on my wife before, nothing happened, I can do it again. And you go ahead and run into that temptation once, and twice, and three times, but eventually, you'll die. Because sin... Because lust, when it hath conceived, bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. So well, how do I protect against that? It's called the breastplate of righteousness. You say, I just got to live right. I can't mess around with that. I just got to be protected. You say, well, I don't, how do I do that? Second Timothy 3, verse 16. Notice, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. And it's profitable for doctrine. What's doctrine? Doctrine is what is right. For reproof. What is reproof? That is what is not right. For correction. What is that? That's how to make things right. For instructions. That's how to do, notice, for instruction in righteousness. You know why you come to church? I mean, you're supposed to come to church to hear the word preached, right? Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. You know, one of the things that we're supposed to be doing is instructing you in the breastplate of righteousness. Instructi- for instruction in righteousness. We come in and say, hey, here's what's right doctrine. Here's reproof. Stop doing that. That's not right. Here's correction. Here's how to fix it. And then we'll say, here's what God wants you to do. And look, you can sit there and say, well, I don't care. I'll just do what I want. You go ahead and do what you want, but whether you like it or not, there's an adversary called the devil that wants to kill you. He wants to destroy your marriage, wants to destroy your children, wants to destroy your finances, wants to destroy your health, wants to destroy your opportunities, wants to destroy everything you have. He wants to steal and kill and destroy. Now how does he do it? Well, he'll deceive you, so you need to be girt about with truth. He'll tempt you, so you need to put on the breastplate of Righteousness. Notice the third piece. Go back to Ephesians six, verse fifteen. He says this: "And your feet, and your feet shod." The word "shod" is a past tense of the word "shoe." He says, "He says you need to put these shoes on your your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace." You know the way that we engage in spiritual warfare against the devil is through soul winning. That's what he's referring to. He says, your feet shod with the preparation of gospel peace. Go to the book of Acts. If you're right there in John. Keep replacing in John. Right after John, you have the book of Acts. Acts chapter 26. Acts chapter 26. Acts chapter 26. Look, I, I, I'm a pastor, and my, my wife's a pastor's wife, and we've been doing this for a decade now. And, and, and we love doing this, and, and we wouldn't want to do anything else, but I'm just telling you, I'm tired of seeing people not realize that they're in a fight. And just think that they, I can just mess with sin, I can just mess with that, that's no big deal. It's like, you're, it's like we heard on Sunday. night, you're walking into a, a war zone and not even understanding that there's a fight. And then you end up dead, spiritually. POW, missing in action. What happened? Well, you got to put on the whole armor of God. He says, the fee shod. With the preparation of the gospel of peace. Acts 26, look at verse 18. To open their eyes. This is, this is talking about the apostle Paul. This is Jesus, the resurrected Christ, speaking to Paul about what he wants Paul to do. To open their eyes, to turn them from darkness to light. Look, when we go out sowing, what are we doing? We're opening their eyes. We're turning them from darkness to light. What are we doing? And from the power of Satan unto God. Do you know that when we go out, when our feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, when we go out to preach the gospel, we are engaged in spiritual warfare. We're turning people from the power of Satan to God that they might receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. If you're going to be part of the fight, look, here, here's what I'm saying. You cannot say I'm in a spiritual fight if you're not soul winning. That, let me let you know on a, on a secret. That is a fight. That's what it is. You say, I thought uh, 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 fight, the fight was church design. No, look, this is like the Rally. This is, where, this is where we get together, all the soldiers get together, we tell our war stories, then, then you get training, this is boot camp, this is where we, te- we, we, we get organized, we call it motivate and mobilize. We motivate and mobilize soul winners to go out into the fight. To open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God. And look, I get it. We had a coronavirus, COVID-19, whatever. You took an extended break. That's fine. It's time to get back in the fight. Okay? The, people didn't stop going to hell just because you got lazy. You understand that? You say, oh, well, you know, uh, everything got shut down because of coronavirus. I don't think hell got shut down. I don't think the devil stopped, started, fought, stopped fighting. The devil didn't get locked down. Oh, well, I guess I can't take people to hell now. The COVID-19. No, you got locked down. I got locked down. The devil's still out there. We've got to get back to the fight. Get your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Romans chapter 10. You're there in Acts. Head over to the book of Romans. Romans chapter 10, verse 14. Romans chapter 10 and verse 14. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? Sometimes we read these verses and we don't really think about what it's saying. But listen to what the Apostle Paul is saying. He's asking a valid question. He's talking about people who are out there who need the gospel preached to them. And he's saying, how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? He said, how are they going to call? Because you have to call upon Christ for salvation. How are you going to call on someone that you've not even believed in? Then he says, and how shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard? He said, how are people going to believe in someone that they haven't even heard of? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And then verse 15, he says, And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, notice, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring good glad tidings of good things. See, to be part of the fight, you got to get your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. You need to put on your soul winning shoes and go out soul winning. You say, why? To open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins. That's the fight. So he says, you got to get shod, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Let me give you a fourth one. Go go back to Ephesians 6. Ephesians 6. You say, how, how do I get ready for this fight? Well, you have to have your loins good about with truth. You have to have on the breastplate of righteousness. You have to have your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Number four, he says, you need the shield of faith. Look at verse 16, above all. I think it's interesting, he says above all. He says, you you need, you know, above everything. He says, taking the shield of faith. And you know, I, I think that the reason he says above all is because this is where it all begins, faith. I mean, you can't even, you're not even saved without faith. You know, what must I do to be saved? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. The word believe means to have faith. He says, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith, he says, you you pick up that shield of faith because you're going to need it. He says, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. He says, look, the wicked is going to be shooting darts at you, going to be shooting arrows of you, fiery darts, fiery arrows. And you're going to need the shield of faith to quench those fiery darts. Well, you say, well, what does that mean? I don't understand. Go to Genesis chapter number 3. We've been talking about Adam and Eve. Let's actually look at the story, Genesis 3. Because see, when the devil attacks you, look, I'm just telling you. When the devil attacks you, he's going to attack you by lying and deceiving. When the devil attacks you, he's going to attack... So how do you, how do you defend against lying and deceiving? You get your loins girt about with truth. When the devil attacks you, he's going to attack you by tempting you to sin. So how do you fight against temptation of sin? You put on the breastplate of righteousness. You live right. You do right. When the devil attacks you, just know this. He's going to cause you to doubt. Genesis chapter 3, look at verse 1. Now the serpent was more subtle. that word subtle there? It means a clever or indirect way of accomplishing something. The the Bible always uses this word subtle in in a negative way. Remember, Jonadab, Amnon had a friend. Jonadab was very subtle, the Bible says. Sometimes people come into church and they cause problems. They're very subtle. It's a clever and deceptive way. There's always plausible deniability. Well, I didn't actually tell them to. But you put that thought in their heart. You put that idea in their brain. You kind of said, well, what do you think about? Now, the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, notice what he says. Yea, hath God said, ye shall not eat of the tree of the garden? See, if God would have stepped in and said, are you telling her to not do what I say? No, no, I was just asking a question. He's subtle. Yea, hath God said, ye shall not eat of the tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent. See, because at this point, she, she has her loins good about with truth. She knows the truth. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God had said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. She had her truth. And the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die. You know what he did? First he questioned God's word, then he caused her to doubt God's word. Do you know what happens in a church like Verity Baptist Church? Some of you kids that grow up in this type of church... You come here and you hear me and other men preach, and we try to warn you and tell you, hey, hey, there are some things that are going to destroy your life. Don't go down that road. Don't make those decisions. Let, let you know, there's a, a wisdom and a multitude of counselors, and, and listen to your parents, and listen to your pastor, and listen to your pastor's wife. You know, we, we try to help you. You know what the devil says? You shall not surely die. It's no big deal. It's fine. It, they're just, they're grumpy. They're just negative people. Just, just go for it. And you know what he does is he causes you to doubt. Maybe did God say that? Is that what God meant? Is that what God wants me to do? You say, how do you fight against that? Well, go go to Romans if you would. Romans chapter 10, we're just there. You say, how do you fight against that? Well, look, when he's trying to cause you to doubt... You need the shield of faith. Because what's the opposite of doubt? It's faith. And look, everybody doubts from time to time. John the Baptist, Jesus said, the greatest man who ever lived, John the Baptist, in prison, doubted. He said, are you the one? Are you really the Messiah? Is this really what God wants? And I'm here to tell you that when the devil attacks you, he will attack you through doubt. You will begin to doubt. Do so I really need to? Does it really matter? Who really, does God really care? Is it really that big? Are they really, you know, they're trying to scare me. It's going to cause you to doubt. Hath God said, ye shall not surely die. You say, how do you fight against that? You pick up the shield of faith. You say, well, pastor, the thing is my faith, it's weak. Romans ten seventeen says this, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You know, it's interesting how your faith is built by hearing the word of God. Your breastplate of righteousness comes through all scriptures given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Look, he wants you to be connected. He wants you to be connect- good gir- uh, gir- about with, the, with truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Look, he wants you, he wants you to get connected through the Word of God, through the preaching of God's Word, through the reading of God's word. And there's an, an, an application for prayer. We'll deal with that next week when he talks about praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. But look, he's saying you, you, you gotta get suited up. He says, you, you need to pick up the shield of faith. Then he says this in verse 17, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17. Go, go back to Ephesians if you would. You've got to increase your faith. You say, Pastor Madness, how do I know if I'm under spiritual warfare? If I'm in a spiritual battle, how do I know? Well, let me, let me ask you something. Is there something or someone whispering in your ear, trying to deceive you of something that you know to be true? Is there something or someone trying to tempt you, entice you into something that you know is wrong? Is there something or someone trying to cause you to doubt? That's no big deal. It'll be fine. They're they're not telling you the truth. This is how the devil attacks. This is spiritual warfare. I don't know what you thought spiritual warfare was. You thought you were going to be casting out demons or something. Spiritual warfare is you knowing the truth. Is you living right? Is you going soul winning? Is you picking up the shield of faith and saying, I'm not going to doubt what the Bible says. I know what the Bible says, and I'm not going to doubt it. And if I start doubting it, then I just need more Bible. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Then he says this in verse 17, and take the helmet of salvation. And take the helmet of salvation. You say, what's that about? Well, here's the thing. Satan wants everybody to die and go to hell. And that's why we're out there preaching the gospel, turning people from the power of darkness, from the power of Satan unto God. Matthew 25, you don't have to turn there, you can jot this down if you like. Matthew 25, verse 41, Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. You know that hell was created for the devil and his angels? The devil, the hell was not created for us. Satan sinned, and God said, the wages of sin is death, and he created hell for Satan. And then Satan decided he'd go to war with God. And he said, okay, you want to send me to hell? Because I sin? let me go tempt Eve into sinning. You'll have to send her to hell too, because God, you've got to be just, right? Because God, you're no respecter of persons, right? And the devil's agenda is to take as many people down to hell with him as possible. that That's the war. How do you fight that war? Well, you need to have your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14, you have to turn there. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil. The devil has the power of death right now. He is killing people with sin, the wages of sin is death, and he's bringing them down to the second death, the lake of fire. And we have to engage in spiritual warfare. Go go back to Ephesians chapter six. Let me give you the six, the sixth piece of armor. He said, Have your loins girded about with truth, have it on the breastplate of righteousness. your feet shot with the preparation of the gospel of feet, peace, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation. And look, by the way, you're not you're you're not in the fight if you don't have the helmet of salvation. You understand that? So if someone's not even saved, they're not in the fight. Okay, but let me just say this, you're in the fight if you have the helmet of salvation. You understand that? You say, oh, I'm safe." Okay, then you're in the fight. No, I don't want to be in the fight. No, well, you, look, the fight, the, the, the salvation comes as a helmet that you get when you got enlisted. So if you're in the fight, it's because you're saved. If you're not saved, you're not in the fight. There's no neutral. There's no, well, I'm saved, but I'm not in the fight. No, if you got the helmet of salvation, it's because you're in the fight. Now, the difference is, are you going to fight? Then he says this, number 6, verse 17, Ephesians 6, 17, and take the helmet of salvation, then he says this, and the sword of the Spirit, look how it all comes back together, which is the Word of God. And the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Go, go back to John, if you would, John chapter 6. John chapter 6. He says, he says you're going to fight? In the spiritual battle? He said, you, you, you better have your helmet of salvation. He said, you, you better pick up your sword, which is the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. He said, you better be good about with truth, sanctify them through thy truth, thy Word is truth. He, he says, you better have your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Look, do you, you understand what spiritual warfare is? You better engage in this fight Because you're in it whether you like it or not. John chapter 6 verse 63. It is the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you. They are spirit and they are life. Proverbs one twenty-three. You don't have to turn there. Turn you at my reproof. Behold I will pour out my spirit upon you. And I will make known my words unto you. Isaiah 59 verse 21. As for me this is my covenant with them saith the Lord. My spirit that is upon thee and my words which I have put in thy mouth. Shall not depart out of thy mouth, nor out of the mouth of the seed, nor out of the mouth of thy seed. seed, saith the Lord, from henceforth and forever. Here's what I'm telling you. You say, I, I want to get in the fight. You better get in this Bible. Look, you better know this Bible. Are you, and you don't have to answer this out loud. I don't want you to answer it out loud, but are you reading the Bible? Did you read the Bible today? And don't answer out loud, please. But did you read the Bible today? Did you read the Bible yesterday? Did you, When's the last time you even opened your Bible? If the last time you opened up your Bible was the last time you were in church, look, fine. But you're not going to make it in this fight. You, you can't, look, you can't go into a fight without a weapon. He says, you better pick up your weapon, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Go back to Ephesians chapter 6. So we begin with the adversary, the devil and his angels. And then we, we see the armor. What is it? Well, the devil's going to attack you by lying and deceiving, so you better be girt about with truth. The devil's going to attack you by tempting you to sin, so you better put on the breastplate of right, of living right, righteousness. The devil wants to send people to hell, so you better put on your helmet of salvation and get your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. The devil's going to attack you by causing you to doubt, so you better pick up the shield of faith. The devil is going to engage in spiritual warfare, so we need a weapon, so you better pick up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Now, here's a problem with most Christians. Most Christians think, well, I got the helmet of salvation. I'm good to go. Well, I got a shield of faith. You know, I'm not doing the preparation shod thing. I don't got the breastplate of righteousness based on how I've been living my life. But, you know, I've got one out of two. I've got two out of six. I've got three out of six. How, how good is that? I want you to notice the emphasis is this, Ephesians 6, 11, Put on the whole armor of God. The entire thing. You need all of it. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Look at verse 13. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor. Armor of God. Look, it's not an option. You need all of it. So do I need all of it to be saved? No, you just need the helmet of salvation to be saved. You need all of it if you're going to survive this fight. And by the way, let me just point this out. You notice how there's no protection for your backside? I mean, the the breastplate of salvation, the the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith. There's nothing to protect your back. You say, why is that? Because there's no retreat. There's no turning around and running. You say, what what does the fight look like? Look, the fight looks like this. You're either advancing or at the very least you're standing. There's no going back. Notice verse 11. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to, look at this word, stand against the wiles of the devil. He said that you might be able to stand. We take a stand against the devil then he says this in verse 13. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. He says stand, then he says withstand. What the difference? Well, you know, the difference is this. I, I didn't really think this through. I should have. Brother, Scott's our, Brother Scott, you are the, uh, the football uh, expert, correct? What is, it, what is it called when a football player is, is on that line? What is that called when they're, when they're going like this? What is that called? A three-point stand, right? You know, so a stance. That's the stand, right? What are you doing? I'm getting ready. Ready for what? That gorilla is going to try to destroy me, right? But then someone says hike, and you go from standing to withstanding. You understand that? You know what the Bible says? Resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. You know, you say, how do I, how do I fight? How do I fight? Here's how you fight. you go. always You're always standing. And when they say hike, you withstand. You resist the devil. You'll eventually flee. God promises it. Say, so how do I do that? With your shield of faith, with your breastplate of righteousness, with your loins going about with truth, with your feet shot with the prayer. You need all of it. Amen. You just get dressed up every day and say, today I'm going to stand. Today I'm going to stand. I'm going to take a stand for God. And if I have to, if they say hike, I'll withstand. And I'll resist the devil. And you'll free from me. And look, that's spiritual warfare. That's spiritual warfare. I don't know what you thought it was, or people get these mystical thoughts about spiritual warfare, and I'm in some room, and there's bright lights. Look, spiritual warfare is you get up every day, and you just do what God has called you to do. You live right. You do right. You read your Bible. You win souls for Christ. You pick up the shield of faith. You pick up the sword of the Spirit. You wake up every day saying, I am not... At home, I am not. I'm just a pilgrim on a war zone. Today, I will stand, and from time to time, I've got to withstand. And when you resist the devil, the Bible says, he will flee from you. Let's bow our heads and I will do prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that you would help us. Lord, I pray that you would help us to realize that we are in a spiritual fight. Whether we know it or not, whether we realize it, whether we like it. Our adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. And Lord, I pray you'd help us to wake up every day and say, I gotta put on this armor of God. I need the whole armor of God. Today I'm gonna stand, and if need be, I'll withstand. That means I'm not going to get comfortable. That means I'm not going to relax. That means I'm going to be in battle mode because I'm in a spiritual fight. Lord, I pray that you would raise up some spiritual warriors in this church that would say, I've got to stand and withstand. I've got to fight the devil because he's going to fight me whether I'm ready or not. Lord, help us to begin to assemble this armor to put it on, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principality and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Lord, I pray you'd help Verity Baptist Church to stand and withstand in the matchless name of Christ, we pray. Amen.